Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning. Um, I got a new chair. You see that? So I apologize this morning. I'm, kind of, I'm a little nervous because I'm a fidgety person, and so I might be doing this the whole time. Is that gonna is that gonna bother you guys at all? Okay, good. Um, so uh, forgiveness. We've been talking about this whole forgiveness series. This idea of you know we we sometimes find ourselves locked, un, unbeknownst to ourselves, like locked away from relationship, from a relationship with God, and from relationship with God. That, with relationship with others, all the freedom that we desire is we find ourselves locked behind a door. And forgiveness is the key that God gives us to open that door, to experience this part of our freedom that we've never experienced before. So we've talked about receiving that forgiveness on Easter. We talked about receiving that forgiveness from God. We talked about forgiving others, like the importance of setting ourselves free by releasing someone else, not to reconcile with them, but to simply say, I'm not going to be held hostage by those feelings of bitterness anymore. We talked last week, Sean Bolton talked to you about actually going to others when you feel like I may have offended someone, that's time to go to someone else and say, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And this morning, we talk about this other aspect of forgiveness, forgiving yourself. The importance of forgiving yourself. So, you know, as we approach this, um, this whole idea when it comes to forgiving ourselves, like we can all relate to that in some way because every one of us, in some place in your life, has had a regret. You've had to confront this issue of, can I forgive myself? And uh, we all have things in our past that we're not proud of. And I thought I'd bring along some examples of that, like things that might mark you, that you're like, I just feel like I am like, every time someone sees me, they're going to think of this. And so imagine if you were one of these people who had a tattoo that was misspelled. So... Uh, there's a couple of these, like, knowledge is power, like, right? Like, if you got that tattoo, the moment you realize, oops, that was not a good idea. Or how about this one? Only God can fudge me. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, or this one, right? This big effort, no regerts. Like, I want to live with no regerts, right? Like, all of these different tattoos. How about that one? That's... That's actually something I could see myself doing, like, oops. I've been known in my life, my, my whole family knows me as the great misspeller. I get it from my dad who once had, was towing a car, and he and his brother put a sign on the back of the car that said, car in tow, T-O-E. <laughs> I inherited that same spelling ability, so I, I appreciate that. Like, listen, we all have places that we have a few regrets, you know, if you've if we can all relate to this in some way, if you, some of you have those regrets, and they leave more than just skin surface, they leave a deep scar on you someplace. And you can all relate to it, because, I mean, if you've ever made a mistake, and then just felt so stupid about it, you just felt like you just heard yourself speak in that language to yourself, or if you've ever found yourself, like you said something, or you did something, and then you start second-guessing yourself, like, oh, I wish I should have done that. You know, the shoulda, woulda, coulda speech that you give yourself? If you've ever had that moment where you just wish, I wish I could turn the clock back and do that over again. When you know what regret feels like. You know what it's like to have that sense of regret. And for some of you, you've felt stuck in it. You know, you've been able to function maybe as a relatively normal person, but you felt stuck in that regret. But you know that it revisits you that there is something in your past or something that you've done. And the way you know it is because you find yourself talking about it. You find yourself in your head 
having conversations with yourself about it. When another mistake or something comes up in your life that's similar to it, you regress and you find yourself revisiting it again. You don't feel really free. You, don't, you know that God says he'll forgive you, but you're not really experiencing it. And if, you, if you've been on that place, I want to tell you today that today I want to give you the opportunity to walk a new path, to walk in a new way, not one that leads to that sense of darkness and death and being locked behind that door, but one that leads to a whole new way of living. Now, the Apostle Paul, who was a follower of Jesus, who had a lot of reasons for regrets, he, just, he made a lot of mistakes, he did, before he knew Jesus, he did a lot of things wrong. He said this about regret. 2 Corinthians 7.10, he said, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets. In other words, there is a way for you to have some of those legitimate feelings of wish that hadn't happened, wish that I hadn't done that. There's a legitimate way to bring that into God's presence and leave no regret. To lead to life, to lead to relationships. But he goes on to say, but worldly sorrow. In other words, sorrow that is without God, is without his presence, is without hope. It leads to death. And you, some of you have lived that, you know, that darkness, that sense of death of like, I just, that gut feeling, that wrenching of like, ah, oh, I wish I could get out of this. I wish I could get past this. So here's the question. What, what can we do when we find ourselves living a life where we feel stuck and regret? When we feel like, I can't forgive myself. I just, I can't just let go of that. I, when, I, when I do that thing, and I, I've done that before, I just, I just can't find myself letting go of it. How do we stop living that kind of life? How do we get to a life that instead of living in a cycle that leads to death, how do we live in a cycle and find a new way that leads to life? How do we learn to forgive ourselves? And that's the conversation this morning. And so if you want to pull out your outline, looks like it has a little scoop on the front. You can pull out the outline. That'll help you follow along with the scriptures. Take some notes this morning of what God speaks to you. Um, we're going to talk about how do I forgive myself? How do I forgive myself? Well, I want to start by talking about an idea of this. And, and, and John, Jesus' best friend, kind of brings light to it in scripture. It says, do a fearless moral inventory. Do a fearless moral inventory. How do I learn to forgive myself? Well, I bring all my sins of my past into God's presence of forgiveness. That's what we're encouraged to do. We're encouraged to take all the sins that we've had in the past and bring them into God's forgiveness. Now, I wonder how that idea strikes you. I mean, really, like the idea of bringing all those past regrets into the presence of God. Like taking the skeletons out of the closet, like you put them there for a reason. Right? Like, you lock the skeletons in the closet because you did not want to talk about them. And the idea of bringing them out to the light, I, I would imagine that scares you. I would imagine that's, like, I don't want that. Or maybe it offends you because you're like, hey, I don't, I don't have any, what are you talking about? I don't have any skeletons. I don't have any regrets. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. But you know that at your worst moments, there are things that you don't want anybody else to know at your worst moments. You'd rather not repeat them. Or maybe you feel yourself resisting this idea because you just don't think that you're worthy of forgiveness. That there's something that you've done or you do or you think, the way you approach life, it's just like, I, I'm not a good person and I don't deserve God's forgiveness. And so you feel stuck this morning. And a fearless moral inventory is when we take a look at ourselves and we simply ask this question, 
am I free to be the person that God created me to be? Am I free to not live with a bunch of regrets, but to be the person right now in the presence as I walk into the future? Am I free to be the person that God created me to be, that he desires for me to be, to live out those promises? Not not with condemnation, not with self-talk, not with regret. And the thing that's standing in your way of being that person and feeling that freedom is probably regret. It's probably your lack of forgiveness. So here's the message of John, who was Jesus, one of Jesus' best friends on the planet. And so this guy knows Jesus. Now, you, you imagine being with Jesus. Like, as it is, when, when you and I do something that we regret, we know we do something that we know our conscience tells us that was wrong. And you know that you're like, ah, how am I going to ask God for forgiveness? How am I going to ask the other person for forgiveness? Like, you know how hard that is. Can you imagine walking with God himself on the planet, right? And doing something like that. And now, like, there's no getting around it. And so John felt that presence of Jesus. But instead of feeling like I'm living in regret, this is what he said about your sin and your shame and all the stuff that you wish no one would ever know about you. This is what John surprisingly says about it. He says, this is the message we have heard from him. He's talking about Jesus. And we declare to you, God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. God is light. God's filled with, when, when the scripture talks about God being light, it means he's holy, but he's loving, and he's pure, and he's good. And there's no sense of darkness and isolation and loneliness in God. And if we claim to have fellowship, if we claim to be in relationship with him, yet we walk in darkness and we feel regret and we feel isolated and we feel like we don't have the relationship we want, we're not free to be the person that God wants us to be, then we, we're lying. We're lying to ourselves and we're lying to others. We do not live in the truth. But if we walk in the light, and this is the invitation now, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So in other words, if you'll bring your things out into the light and be the person that God created you to be, you'll have a relationship real, authentic relationship with each other and with the blood of Jesus, his son, who purifies us from all sins. In other words, bringing it out into the light is also bringing it out into the welcome arms of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood forgave us. The, the penalty of death, the justice system had been satisfied. There's no more. I have to be good enough for God. God offers forgiveness. The balance scales has been thrown out. No more. I hope I'm better good than bad. All of that is gone. Because Jesus' blood has satisfied all of that. And now it says, now it says we are purified from our sin if we accept forgiveness. We claim to be without sin. We deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. In other words, just this, this one strategy that we all have when it comes to regret is, I'll just pretend that I don't feel bad about it. I'll just ignore it. I'll just put it in my past. I just won't think about it. it says, John says, no, that's not a good strategy. That's just deceiving yourself. So instead, here's his invitation. Now remember, he walked with Jesus. This is the invitation. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. So if you'll just do one thing, this is the only thing that's required of you. If you'll confess your sins, not if you'll make up for it and try to be a, just be super good and hope that then maybe someday God will accept you again. No, that's not what he says. He says one thing. If you will confess your sins, here's what he'll do. He'll be faithful. God will not abandon you. If you'll confess your sins, God will not abandon you. He will be just. If you'll confess your sins, he will look at you and say, listen, 
I already know, and I'll help you get through this. I'll see you through it. He will forgive your sins. He'll forgive them. Remember we talked about the first week of forgiveness? Forgiveness is when God says, I know what you did. It's in the ledger, and I'm crossing it off. I'm tearing up the page. I'm throwing it in the ocean. I'm going to overlook it. And then he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. In other words, he'll help us become the people we were meant to be. John says the best place for your sin to be is in the light. Because let's face it, when your regrets and your sin and your shame, all those things are in the dark, what do you feel? Isolated? Empty? On your own? Does any of that sound familiar? Is any of that something that you really want? So John's advice is simply this. Be honest with God. Just get honest with God. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. One of total honesty. One where you are just open and honest with him and he has offered you forgiveness. Because God's greatest hope in dying for you, in satisfying the penalty for your sins so that you could be free, his greatest hope was that you would actually experience forgiveness. And your lack of ability to forgive yourself, to really trust in forgiveness, is holding you back from that. Let me ask you something. What if you had no secrets? What if you could honestly say, you know what? I don't have any fear of anybody finding out anything about me. I'm going to die. When I die, I'm going to have no skeletons in the closet. I'm going to have no secrets. I'm going to have no shame. I'm not going to be worried. Wouldn't that be freeing if you knew that there was nothing that could hold you back? There was nothing that you could hold you back anymore because you knew that God already forgave you for that. What if you could be that open with God? What if that really mattered to you? Let me ask you this. Since God doesn't hold anything against you, he's offered you forgiveness. Since he's not holding anything against you, why are you holding things against yourself? Why are you doing that? Now, if I were you, I'd be sitting there thinking, well, that's, that's easy to say. I mean, you don't know the kind of person I am. Right? And the reason I know that is because that's, that's how I think sometimes. You don't. I, I, I always admire people who are just more naturally nice people. I, I'm not. Like, I, I was born kind of a jerk. That's kind of my natural thing. Like, God rescued me from that. You people are all lucky. Like, and, and some of you known me from years ago, right? You got to experience some of my more jerkiness, like, before Jesus transformed me. Like, I, like really, like, God wants something more for you. And here's the news. Here's the really good news. God doesn't love you because of who you are. God loves you because of who he is. He is love. He loves you because he created you. Not because of what you've done or not done. Not because of any of the stuff that's inside of you. God loves you because of who he is. You are precious to him. So my question for you is this. Are you ready to begin to experience inner freedom? Are you tired of being stuck? As soon as I started talking about this, some of you knew that you felt this way. And in a few minutes, we're going to, I want to give you some time with worship, in worship, to sit and to experience some freedom. So, you started thinking, here's, here's my, here's the thing, I think that some of you started thinking when we started talking about regrets, as soon as I mentioned the word, some things came to your mind. Maybe it's something you've done or said, maybe recently, maybe in the past. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe you even hear yourself with the self-talk you have sometimes. It's just condemning. 
Maybe you punish yourself for things that are bad. Maybe you have this image of God. And your image of God is on the throne with his arms crossed, with a scowl on his face, or maybe a, a sense of disappointment on his face over the things that you've done. But here's what I want to tell you this morning. That's not God. That image you have of regret, like you're my, I think God is just disappointed in me, or he's angry with me, or his fingers pointed at me, or his arms are crossed, that's not God. That's your enemy, the devil. That's what he thinks of you. That's his attitude towards you. God's arms are open wide, like a father who created you who just wants you home. Like Jesus, his son, who died on the cross with arms open wide, saying, I forgive you. Will you please come and restore your relationship with me? Will you come, please experience the forgiveness I want for you? And I know that you might be a little afraid to bring that out into the light, but I want you to this morning. So I'm going to ask you to do something courageous. During this next song, I want you to let that regret surface in your heart and in your mind. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, will you search me? And if there's any regrets, anything that I haven't forgiven myself, will you let that just surface right now? And I want you to bring it to the altar. And I want you to have this picture in your head. And bring in that regret, that thing, that sin, whatever it is, up to the altar. And I want you to picture Jesus just scooping it up. Tying a bag shut on it. Leaning over into the deepest ocean. And tossing it in. Saying that doesn't have to stand between us anymore. And you don't have to live with it anymore. You're free. So this morning, during this next song, just sit. Let the God speak to you. Let him set you free. You might be free indeed. is calling and have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring 
cross as you wait for the crown tell the world of the treasure you found 
Lord Jesus, we bring before you this morning our regret, our sin, our shame, our mistakes, things that we haven't forgiven, the things that keep back, come back and haunt us. We gather it up this morning, we put it on the altar. Now will you just gather it up? Just bundle it up and tie it shut. And take that bag of heavy things that have weighted us down for far too long. Jesus, toss them in the ocean. Bury them in the deepest parts of the sea. May they never come back to haunt us again. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I want you to I want you to sense that freedom. And here's the thing. As you move forward, as things, regrets come up, I want you to understand that God doesn't accuse you, okay? The enemy accuses you. God doesn't. So whenever you feel that sense of regret, that sense of I haven't forgiven myself for something, I want you to think of this sign right here. I want you to think of this, this picture of a no trespassing sign. When that regret comes back, I just want you to look at it, and I want you to think right in your head, and I want you to say this prayer, no trespassing. You're not allowed in my heart anymore. You have to keep out. God said I'm forgiven, and you're not coming to spoil that. You're not going to keep me from being free again. Keep out. This is your life. This is your choice. This is how you cooperate with God, is to move forward and to say no more trespassing, unforgiveness. It's time to let your past be your past. It's time to move forward. And listen, one of the most difficult parts of this process, one of the barriers and the transitions, is the systematic ways in which we approach unforgiveness. We approach this way of life when we make a mistake. And often, for many of us, we have fear. We have fear that systematically keeps us from moving forward. Systematically, we either we have fear of being punished. We're fear of you know, the, the shoe's going to drop, you know, God's going to get us. There's, we have fear of regressing and going back to the old ways. We have fear of repeating our mistakes. And God says, I don't want you to live in fear. I want you to make a different choice. So here's the second part of forgiving ourselves that I want to talk to you about today, and that's how do I forgive myself? I choose faith over fear. I choose faith over fear. See, here's the problem with fear. Fear's not rational, right? Like, when you feel afraid, you don't act rationally. I, I have a fear of snakes. You know, I, I don't like snakes at all. Um, they, uh, you, you, if you've been around me very long, you know that, like, you know, people say, oh, a black snake, that's a good snake. You know what I say to that. Yeah, the only good snake's a dead snake, right? I mean, this is, this, I, I have been known to kill snakes in my yard and hang them in trees to let the other snakes know no trespassing here, right? Like, this is what, like, I do, I do not. So when I was in college, I, we grew up in a, I grew up in Perry County, you know, and I grew up in this old farmhouse probably built in the 17 or 1800s. I mean, it was an old house, and there's this little stairwell that goes up to the second floor, and it's almost a ladder. Like, it's that steep, right? The, the stairs are only about this wide, and they're about this high, and so you go up really fast. So when you get to the, like, when you get away from the, the landing, where the thing is, you're about this far away from that landing, okay? So 
I'm in college, and I'm home. I just came home for the summer. I remember my brother was home before he left um, for his own job, and so I, I, I come up the stairs, and I get to the landing. I'm about this far away, and there is a snake on the landing of our second floor inside our house looking at me in the eye, like doing that, you know, the thing that snakes do, you know, and I was just, I almost peed my pants, and I just turned around like a, and screamed like a little girl, came down the stairs, and I looked at everybody and said, why is there a snake at the top of our steps? And they're like, well, we'll kill it. I'm like, the only way I'm killing it is with the shotgun. So if you want holes in the floor, that's fine. I am not going back up there. So my brother, who has no fear of snakes, he's an engineer, right? He's like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not burdened with emotions. And so he says, he goes, and that, this is, I quote him directly. So he goes up there, and of course he gets the chair, he gets a little, little stick, and he, you know, puts it in a bag and takes it out. And I'm like, I just, fear is irrational. Like, you felt it before, right? Like, a fear that you have. See, here's the thing. Like, that fear of snakes, like, I, I don't really have to confront it that often, okay? When I do, you know it, because I scream like a little girl, and I don't do that often in my life, but that's definitely something I do it for. And, and my wife takes advantage of it all the time by throwing, like, little play snakes in my path or whatever. So I, I, I don't have to confront it that often, but there are regrets. There are fears in your life that you confront Every single day. And I want you to know that God wants you to be free from that. One of the main reasons that we can't forgive ourselves is because fear has become so systemic in our lives that we don't even realize or call it fear. It is keeping us from living out God's purpose. It is keeping us from being taking risks in relationship. It is keeping us from really enjoying the relationship, the loving and healthy relationship God wants for us. And if you find yourself living with regret or finding yourself punishing yourself after you do something wrong, you probably have more than even just regret. You probably have some shame. Now, if you have these kind of systemic fears in your life where they keep coming up, it probably means at least four things. One is you probably feel punished by life. You know, you probably, there are probably times where you're just waiting for their shoe to drop. You're looking forward at the future and you're going, Something's going to go wrong. I'm just waiting for it. And when it does go wrong, you have this sense of like, I knew it. I knew it. Some of you may even be afraid of being punished by God. When you do something wrong, the first thought is, I wonder what God's going to do. Teach me a lesson. Some of that systemic fear is so great that you probably find yourself punishing yourself. Anytime you make a mistake or you sin, you start to do penance for it. You don't do repentance. You do penance. I'm going to try to pay it back. I'm going to try to make up for it so God doesn't punish me. And here's the truth. If you're living a life of fear, regrets, shame, something in your past, you're probably more apt, more inclined to punish others be someone who punishes others. Now let me ask you, does any of that sound good to you? Any of that sound like the kind of life that you want? The kind of life that you are living? Have you had enough of it? Because if you have, then it's time to choose faith over fear. It's, It's time to stop being afraid of being punished. Because I know that you're unconvinced that your past could be your past, but I'm telling you, God says it is. I know that you're afraid that God might not be as loving as I say he is, but he is. He 
proved it on the cross. I know that you might even have, like me, I, I have fear of regressing. That, that, that has been something that God has been delivering me from, is fear of going back and becoming the person I was. I lived with that for years. In fact, I thought fear of regressing was the tool that I could apply to myself to keep myself moving forward. Maybe you relate to that. That you use fear as a tool to motivate yourself to move forward, to keep yourself in line. That's not what God wants you to be motivated by. He wants you to be motivated by love, joy, peace. See, Jesus promises you a good life, an abundant life. He wants you to experience what God's love really feels like. He wants you to be He wants you to live in that love in such a way that you feel his abundance. And John said this about him. He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. It's time for us to be made perfect in love. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to draw closer to him. He wants you to choose faith over fear. Now, let's talk about what faith is, what choosing faith means. I, I didn't grow up in like this, this faith kind of based relationship in terms of like having a lot of faith that some good things are going to happen. I grew up in a family that like planned for problems and tried to solve them before they came. And so when I got married, Susie is a person of faith and like just comes naturally for her. She grew up in a family that looked forward to faith. Her dad was a great model of it. And so for a long time, I looked at faith and went, how do I muster that up? Like, I want to be that kind of a person. God, how do I muster that up? How do I get that kind of faith? And there's no doubt that it is a gift from God. But here's the thing. Faith isn't something that you can muster up, conjure up. Faith isn't about the words that you say or trying to believe something enough. That's magic, right? Hocus pocus. That's magic. Faith is simply this. Taking God at his word. Taking God at his word. God says you are forgiven. And you take God at his word that if he says he forgives you, you are forgiven. If he says that he has thrown it in the deepest ocean, then it is gone, and you are free, and you don't have to live in regrets anymore. And so if you feel stuck in regrets, you feel like, well, that's easier said than done, and it is, then it is time to choose faith, and it is time to get beyond shame. It is time to know that you're not condemned anymore in God. In fact, Paul, remember Paul who did all these wrong things before he met Jesus? This is what he said about his experience with Jesus. He said, this is what I know is true. And he says, this, he says this after he writes about his own life of regrets. He says, this is what I know is true. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. To put your faith in Christ Jesus is to say that I am no longer condemned. God no longer holds anything against me. I have been set free to live the life of freedom that God intended for me. And if you repent, God's forgiven. And if you're stuck, then maybe, God, you need to just take God at his word. You need to begin to be, release yourself from the sense of shame that has kept and hold you back that God does not want you to be. And so I know that that's a tough journey, and so I want you to hear a story of Pastor Ryan, our children's pastor, um, just recently as God began to deliver him 
some of these same things. We learn from Philippi 7. Let's watch. A few months ago, my wife Katie Beth and I were talking, and I brought up the fact that I thought our life would be much better if I had made better decisions. And she lovingly reminded me that she was tired of hearing me bring up the mistakes in my past and how life would be better. I realized that I was constantly thinking about that. I remember in high school praying about what major I should pursue, business administration or missions. So I choose to become an international worker with the Alliance and I got two intercultural degrees. And then I was told I couldn't go overseas because of my Crohn's disease. Why would God allow me to choose the path of overseas work when he knew that I wasn't going to be able to go in the first place? And I would shrug it off when Katie Beth said, you know, we probably would have never met if you weren't pursuing missions. Like I thought my life was built on a series of repeated failures. That God did work for the good, Romans 8.28, was one of my life verses, and still is. But life would have been so much better if I had made the right choice in the first place. God wouldn't have to have made my life as it is now off of the wrong choices. I still found myself stuck, angry, and frustrated with my life. I was reading through a book at the time, back in December of last year, called Soul Care by Rob Reimer. And in there, it was a section about being stuck in shame. And that was a new concept for me. He wrote that if you're feeling that you're confessing the same sin over and over again, and asking for forgiveness over and over again, it's probably because you're stuck in shame. You're not accepting the real forgiveness from God that is our inheritance. Well, Rob Reimer was coming to Daybreak Church for the Soul Care Conference, so I signed up to go. At the conference in January, the first thing I did was look at the agenda, and at the very end, there was something called deliverance. Now, I had heard of deliverance. And I knew it could get a little crazy, but then I immediately felt a little nervous because I felt like that is what I'm going to have to volunteer for. I was scared. I was so scared that the next day when deliverance was coming and I knew I was going to volunteer, I couldn't even eat lunch because I thought I was going to throw it up. But there were some friends there that were encouraging me to do it no matter what happened. So when the time came for people who wanted to be delivered, flip my hand up. And to my relief, I didn't actually have to go on stage. The people at my table, who I all knew, were the ones to pray for me. That was great. While they started praying, they gave me the opportunity to reflect, to see if anything was blocking the Holy Spirit from speaking. During that silence, a whole flood of images Images of my brother and I doing bad things as kids. Images of being angry as a teenager, passive aggressive towards adults. Images of regretting a really bad breakup my senior year in high school. 
and having suicidal thoughts. As I focus on those images, a voice came and said, forgive yourself. So I opened my eyes, talked to the group praying for me, and said, I think God is prompting me to forgive myself. Right when I said that, someone else in the group said, I was thinking the same thing. So the group gave me an opportunity to pray out loud, asking God to help me forgive myself, to forgive myself and accept God's forgiveness. Real and tangible. As we were praying, an unusual thing happened. Tears started coming. And that's very unusual for me. Something was released. I noticed that since then, I haven't caught myself once shaking my head. Thinking about the past days or my past failures. I'm trying to make the most out of my life that God has me for. He has me here in this place not by accident. It's his plan. It's not a less than place because of my bad choices, but it's the place where he has me. And I continue to seek him. And it's my job to continue to seek after what his plan is so that I can obey him without a fear of failure. Some of you can relate to Ryan's story and those fears that are systematic of failing, of doing the wrong thing, of messing up again. And you've been stuck in it for far too long. God doesn't want you to be stuck in it anymore. Today is your day to be set free from it, to find that freedom, to know that you don't have to be stuck in shame anymore. Because you see, shame, shame is when, when our systematic fear of regret and, and our unforgiveness of ourselves and our guilt it degenerates into this thing called shame. The shame is not just when we, when we think we, I've done something wrong. Shame is, shame is when we begin to believe that I am something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I'll always make that mistake. There's something that just can't be corrected. Shame is when we begin to continue to repeat these same patterns in our life and say, oh, I can't, I just don't think I can ever be fixed. And I want you to let you know today that God wants to do more than just fix you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to transform you in the deepest ways possible. He wants to set you free to be the person you've always been meant to be. No longer weighed down by your past. It's time to be free. I believe that God is so good that he can take every part of your past and work for such good in it that you will be tempted to say, it was meant to be that way. It was meant to be that way. That I could find my way to God. That I could be transformed by Him. It's time to stop condemning yourself for your past. Listen, you are not a mistake. You are precious to God. All the things that you've ever done wrong, they're just, it's just being human. God loves you. God does not despise you. He's not out to get you. And it's time that you stop despising yourself. It's time that you set yourself free. It's time that you forgive yourself. That's God's great invitation today. That you would not live with regret anymore. That you would not live with shame. 
that you would choose faith over fear. That you take God at his word. You're forgiven. He set you free. That you would fearlessly bring everything out of the God's light, convinced that he is not the accuser. He's not accusing you of anything. In fact, he already knows everything you've done. The enemy accuses you. When you agree and think that God is accusing you or judging you about something like that, instead of accepting forgiveness, you agree with the enemy. You agree with the devil, not with God. Because God says, I offer you forgiveness. I offer you relationship. Bring it out into the light. Some of you have been slaves to regret, fear of failure, and to your past far too long. And I believe that John would want to have you hear this this morning. In his gospel, he writes this. Now a slave has no permanent place in the faith. A slave who tries to do everything and make everything up and always try to get better, that he has no place in the family. But a son and a daughter, they belong to God's family forever. So if God's son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You are free. And it's time for you just to take God at his word. It's time for you to put all of your regrets and all of your past and all of your sin and all of your shame on notice. It's time for you to say, no trespassing here. No more trespassing in my life. It's time for your past to be your past and to say, you keep out. I'm going to live the life that God has for me now. I'm not going to live my past any longer. So I want to give you opportunity to respond this morning. Here's my challenge to you this morning. If you want to pull out your response card this morning, you might have a, God may have spoken to you something, you may have a prayer, you may have said, God, well, God can you help me with this? But I want to challenge you to this application this week. And this is going to take courage, and some of you are not going to be ready for it. Some of you are still going to be too afraid to do this, but some of you are ready. Some of you are ready to be free enough that you're going to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to take, I'm willing to, this, these things that God has been bringing up in my past, these regrets that have been bothering me, I'm going to sit down for 15 or 20 minutes, and I'm going to just begin to write and reflect, God, what are they? I'm going to name them. I'm going to give them names. And then I'm going to sit with a friend, and I'm going to let them know, like, you know, here's the things that have bothered me for so long. I just want to bring them out to the light. I trust you with this. I just want to bring them out to light, and I want to say, will you, help, will you pray with me that I'll receive God's forgiveness, that I'll say and agree with God, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I trust that you have declared me not guilty. And I guarantee you this. If you'll do that not just with yourself, but you'll do it with someone you trust, you'll be set free. You'll know it's out in the light anymore, and you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be afraid. You'll be able to put stake that no trespassing sign down, and you'll be changed. And so... Over the next few minutes, as the worship team comes, I'm just going to pray for you, and then I want you to consider, what's God challenging you to be free from this week? Let's pray together. God, I pray this prayer because it's my prayer, because I believe that it's probably the prayer of a lot of people sitting here with me today, and that's this, God. I don't want to live in fear any longer. I don't want to live in regret. I don't want to think about things in my past and feel shame and feel regret any longer. I am your child. You are not, no longer, you are not out to get me. You love me. You have chosen me. So 
So today, I choose by faith to agree with you, to agree that you will forgive me. I choose by faith to say, God, I am forgiven. God, I am clean. In Jesus' name.